The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. With us is Brenda Power, columnist with the Sunday Times and the Irish Daily Mail. And we have Jared Howland, who is a public affairs consultant and before that, uh, cabinet ministerial advisor to look through the stories of the week. And we start at the front page of the Irish Times and we'll dwell quite a bit on the Irish Times today. Uh, but the front page of the Irish Times, Gardaí investigate far right organisers of protests. Now, Brenda, this is a suggestion that has been bubbling along for some time, that some of the anti-immigrant protests that we have been seen, been seeing, Some of them are from the local communities who are aggrieved either with lack of consultation or the presence of refugees Mm -hmm. at all. But there is a sense that the communities are being used as sock puppets by the far right who are moving into these areas, or so we are told, and fomenting unrest. That would seem to be the case, certainly looking at this particular piece in in the Irish Times, that there is what they call almost a travelling troop of of far right activists who are galvanising support online. And that is that is what is different, I suppose, about this. Basically, Anton, there's nothing much new about immigrants being harassed. The Irish Times piece refers to the fact of um, African shops being targeted in Parnell Street in the year 2000, 23 years ago. What's different, though, is that we have now got social media in which these people can can sort of galvanise support for their objections and organise rallies and, 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 you know, get get the numbers out and even though the numbers might not be particularly big and I would imagine you know as with the sort of pile-ons on social media you're talking about a hardcore of maybe less than 100 people who are travelling about the place and I mean some of some of the the, the supposed refugees that they have targeted apparently in one place a, a, a according to this item um, there was a, a group organised protest at a busload of people who arrived turned out to be cleaners who were who were cleaning up after refugees had moved on so it, they're not very discriminating in in their targets but it does seem as though you have a hardcore of people who are mobile well, this and is who are who are who are now moving into areas galvanizing opposition and then moving on to someplace else it dovetails what you're saying dovetails with some of the the commentary from within the uh, piece which says quotes these are very small individuals um sorry these are individuals who are very very small in number they find influence through social media and then they wish to bring out numbers through false information uh, and fear in the community that's a quote from Drew Harris the guard the commissioner mm-hmm. when you see the footage though Jared, it doesn't look like small numbers well I mean I just was saying before we came on air in my youth in the FCA we got to be film extras and we were I don't know a couple of dozen at most and we charged up the hill in red coats and we charged down the hill in blue coats and were made to look like a ferocious army so these video clips, and that's a joke, but this is not funny. Mm. Uh, these video clips can enormously um, enlarge small groups that the selective twirling of clips online makes small look enormous. Uh, and we have to be very self-aware of that. And this is a very powerful tool in the hands of these people that was never available to their predecessors. Mm. So it's absolutely correct. There's nothing new except the toolbox. It's much more sophisticated and much more you dangerous. See, you don't need a huge crowd either to be intimidating. If, if you have women and children inside a building and there are sufficient people outside shouting, get them out, get them out, you know, how's the Irish, not the world or whatever. Mm. And, and as, as the minister said during the week, you know, that's actually not protest. Protest is legitimate. And, you know, there there is an argument to be made for the question that is repeatedly asked, why are there no uh, refugee centres in Dawkey or Kalani? Uh, I mean, that is, that is grounds for disquiet, I would say, in some of the areas that do feel that they are disproportionately um, 
I suppose, identified as sources as, as for housing um, refugees. But at the same time, you know, the fact that people are being targeted, you know, that the, the houses where children and women are, 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 are taking refuge, people who have fled war and who fled, you know, conflict elsewhere, where they are being targeted by groups of people saying, get them out, get them out. That's not protest. That is actually intimidation. But I assume and what they're protesting... Even if you're only there for a few nights, for that hour on that night, that place is your home. Mm. I assume what the protesters will say, though, is that this is media's attempt to minimise what is a real movement and what is a real concern. And it is an attempt by the lefty liberal analysts to uh, try to brush under the carpet that which is a real feeling among communities around Ireland that isn't allowed to be given well, airtime. I would say if the lefty uh, liberal media is doing anything, it's enlarging. What are we in this conversation on this radio station doing this morning? Are we diminishing or are we enlarging? I'd say there's at least as much chance we're enlarging as we are diminishing. And it's a difficult balance because Correct. on the one hand, you want to cover the fact that it is happening and highlight whether or not it is legitimate. But on the other, you do not want to convert. I mean, I was saying to you during the ad break, if you look at the truckers protest in Canada, if you yeah. look at the um, boat rallies for Trump, mm-hmm. the mere fact of using vehicles magnifies 20 people yeah. into being a mile long and it seems big and it gets media coverage. But, but the thing is, Anton, that, you know, that if th- at that point, I think that point has some legitimacy to it, that if we say, look, this is all the far right, you, you are allowed mm. to maybe discount the legitimate concerns in certain communities about the fact that they are, you know, disproportionately expected to take in refugees. And these are communities that don't get much attention except when something like this happens, which sort of uh, doubles down on the fact of a sense of either isolation, left behind, forgotten. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a combination of factors that were very important in Brexit, that we have a world in which there are two economies. If you're of a certain standard of education, if you're on various globalised industries, the world is your oyster. But if you're in an, an older world, uh, things are not going well for you and you don't really have a pathway forward. While we're on the top, topic of um, protests and uh, abuse and, and when things going too far in relation to uh, public criticism or anything else, there's an interesting piece, again, within the Irish Times, uh, by written by Jennifer Bray detailing the level of abuse that Irish politicians Irish Women female politicians. politicians receive and when you get into the detail of the kind of things because I think when you say well female politicians receive abuse every couple well, I'm not surprised by that I would have expected that to be the case yeah. God, Brenda, when you read some of the uh, the anonymous accounting by the women of what abuse they are receiving, it's mm. horrendous. Stuff. It really is. It is actually shocking. I mean, there is nothing new again in, in I suppose, prominent women or public women getting more abuse than men. I mm-hmm. remember a few years ago, The Guardian did an audit of comments under columns and found that women columnists were far more likely, and I mean, this is something I can attest to myself, to get personalised abuse. But some of this it goes beyond personalised abuse into genuine threat. You know, they're talking about um, pictures stained, oh, oh, oh. photographs being sent to women and, and, and body it's, it's parts. So, so and much of it is sexualised So as much well. of it is sexualised. And again, social media is driving this clearly that these, you know, obviously inadequate people who have issues with women, prominent women, are, are using this completely anonymous forum in which to Whatever. Can I ask you from your perspective? Because in in some of the instances, obviously in in these instances, uh, a lot of it is is private. It's direct messages, text messages, emails, all the rest of it. But but I would have seen social media attacks on you where I would have read the kind of comments and gone, Mm. dear sweet mother of God, whatever your view on whatever Mm. it might have been you've written, to, to attack somebody like that is reprehensible. 
does it get to you as the victim? To be honest, Anton, I, I wouldn't read them. And I know people say that and that's an easy way out, but I really, really don't. Because, you know, it could, if you were to allow it to, to, to affect you, yes, it absolutely could. But you have to remind yourself, first of all, this is quite a small number of people. There's probably something wrong with them. They are definitely inadequate. They're definitely incels, as far as I'm concerned. There, there is something really, it's about them, it's not about me. Mm. That's, that's, that would be my but conclusion. That's so hard to do. I mean, it's one of those things where you read, if you see on social media uh, five nice compliments saying nice yeah. warm things about, and then the one mind, is, oh, and you the remember it for months and that's why I really really don't read them Jared, can I ask why would anybody particularly why would any woman go into politics um, I think people go into politics because they genuinely and having worked in politics with politicians and seeing them and all their glory and, and lack of it uh, they all start out from the same perspective as they want to do something they don't all end up in that space. Some of them, you know. Do they genuinely? I think so, yes. And some of them, the doing of what they do, more conservative, less radical people, is it's to maintain the status quo that is not doing something by other people's standards, but it's mm. what they want to do. Um, and others obviously have, have, have more radical agendas. There's an old fashioned thing that still survives as well, particularly in an Irish context with our multi seat constituency, about working for the community you came from. That's not a universal factor in politics in Europe because you have list systems, for example, or a single seat constituency in Britain. But in the Irish political system, maybe a little more traditionally than still now, working, being honoured to be elected by your community and working for your community, whether it's Dublin Central or Wexford, the two constituencies I know well, and those local politicians that I would know reasonably well, they, being community workers and representatives is a big part of their, their ethos mm. and what they do and being in touch with the people who elect them. And the other thing about Irish politics and John Bruton said this at the time of the economic crash. There's a lot of faults with our electoral system but one of its virtues is that to be an elected politician you have to be deeply immersed and highly accessible to the community that represents you. Yeah. It's, one, it's one of the, that's, you, I mean, that's If you are distant, you cannot survive in Irish politics. You know that, that wonderful night on sort of on election nights when, when everybody puts the weapons down and there's a sort of a, mm. it's like First World War playing football in no man's land. <laughs> when you look at people who have managed to get five or 10 or 12 or 15 or 30,000 people to actually give mm. them that first preference. Yeah. It's a remarkable achievement. Whatever they do with it subsequently, mm. it's mm. still a remarkable thing to do. A lot of texts coming in saying uh, Brenda's right not to read the comments, but that's easier said than done done, isn't it? Is there not a temptation to see what's being said, especially if you want to appeal to voters? Um, this is it. I think it's difficult. It's more difficult for politicians. I can discount the, the headbangers who leave nasty comments, but but it's difficult for them. And also, of course, they have the 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 um, objective too of trying to determine whether there's threats there, which there clearly yeah. is. So they haven't. They don't have the option that I do. I suppose. And female politicians have to be physically accessible yeah. in their constituency to to work yeah. to get elected. Well, on that note, it takes saying no wonder women are put off entering politics. Who would want to put up with that aggression and that abuse? And there's a lot in relation to the. Right protests. Counter protests were careful enough to express support for quotes refugees, but not for asylum seekers. There's intent there. 
Another, I agree, this is not protest, but it is intimidation. However, the reason that these centres aren't in Kalini and Dawkey is simply down to two factors, availability of properties and that it doesn't make economic sense. They have put refugee centres and they have put homeless centres in some of the leafier suburbs of Dublin with mm. no hassle in the past. So I don't see any reason why Dawkey or Kalini mm. would be unavailable. Um, the other thing that we uh, will talk about later in the programme is the news that the government is going to press ahead with extended hours consultant contracts uh, because we're going to be joined uh, after the 10 o'clock news by the IMO's chairman of the consultant committee for more on that so we'll discuss that at that point before we wrap up just a quick comment sad news on Lisa Marie Presley yesterday yes and it's sort of like you know prophecy being fulfilled her father's trajectory and and his end and uh, her son's um, untimely death by suicide and it, it's just one tragedy following another in a family that never had a private life. Jared Helm, thank you very much. Likewise, big thank you to Brenda Parrott. That's Brenda Parrott, Sunday Times and Irish Daily Mail columnist and Jared Helm, public affairs consultant. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.